Good morning. Good morning, bud. Thank you. Hey, good morning. Everybody doing okay? Can you hear me all right? Welcome. I am not Josh Ross. Josh Ross is somewhere between Rome and Memphis, and uh, he's headed back home with his family to see his family. He and Casey had uh, a great vacation together. I got the green light on. Hello? 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 Hello. That's what I'm talking about. Good morning. Go start over? Did y'all hear me? Okay. You know, I, I was describing this to someone this morning because I'm not the guy up here every Sunday. And so when you are given the opportunity, it's kind of nerve-wracking. It really is. It, it makes me nervous. I'm not... People say, well, you're, you've never met a, a stranger in your life. That don't make any difference. You get in front of a big crowd like this, it's kind of nerve-wracking, okay? So I, I equate it kind of to my uh, baseball days. I always had the pregame jitters. Okay, I was a catcher, so until that first pitch, I was always a little nervous. But what, once that first pitch, man, I was ready to go. So I just got the first pitch. I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's good to see you all. I'm so glad that you're here if you're a part of our family. Uh, we're so glad that you're here today. If you're not, if you're just kind of popping in to check us out, I'm not the regular preacher, and so come back next Sunday. And I have some guests with me here. My neighbors are here, Matt and Stephanie. Glad that you're here. I promised I was not going to call them out. Just did. Stephanie, Matt, and Stephanie came. <laughs> On the back row back here. She's wearing a green. She's got curly red hair. He's got a black beard. Okay. I had the privilege of marrying them here not too long ago, St. Patrick's Day. And so, so glad that y'all are here with us today. Uh, if you notice in the order of worship that the communion is after I talk, and that kept you here. Some people come just for the communion, and they saw that Mark Taylor was preaching. Some, some people were already headed to Starbucks, and I said, you got to take the communion. So you got to listen to me. I think Kip planned it that way. Today's the last of our series entitled Core. And the very things that keep us together as individuals and collectively as a body. I want to talk a little bit today, just for a few moments, about Sycamore View and the core of Sycamore View. Our core, who we are. And I hope you believe the way that I do in that Sycamore View is a place for everyone. you agree with that? Sycamore View is a place for everyone uh, to worship here, to serve together, to grow, to connect, to raise our families, to learn. And just by show of hands, how many of you have been here at Sycamore View for a year or less? Raise your hand. I want to see a show of hands. For a year or less. I want everybody to kind of look around and see this, okay? Now, hands down. Now, say um, five to ten years. Five to ten years. Okay. Say 11 to 15, something like that. Okay, got more. Some in the back. 16 to 20. 
25 or more, raise your hand. Wow. No, we'll clap for that. Where's Miss Kay? There's Kay Jardinia. No, Miss Kay Jardinia, and people mess up her name, they say Gardenia, but what she used to do when she was a school teacher, if I'm not mistaken, she told me this one time, she drew a picture of a jar on the chalkboard and a picture of a flower. So it's Jardinia, you know. So anyway, Miss, Miss uh, Kay w- went over to Jackson Avenue in 1948. And then when this church came over here to this location in 1978, she came with us. So she's probably one of the members that's been here the longest. So Kay, thank you. Thank you. We love you. We love you so much. Stephanie and I came here in 1990. It was a great day. We sat right back there in the back where that little cult sits back there with the Davenports. And uh, and uh, Kyle was three years old. He threw up on Stephanie and all down the songbook rack, and we left early. And so people loved us anyway, and I said, I think that's a place where we could hang out. But we've been here since 1990. Uh, Kyle is now married, and uh, Tyler is soon to be. And we're expecting our first grandchild January the 5th. So we're excited about that. And I've seen Sycamore View change over the past 27 years. I've seen some good changes, and I've seen some great changes. Here's a few observations I've put down to share with you this morning. We've moved to a more outward focus than a more inward focus, and I praise God for that. And we're not just a church of Church of Christ folks that came from one Church of Christ to another, or it used to say in the old days, move their letter. We're of almost every background imaginable coming to Sycamore View. I remember a couple coming to my office years ago, and he was from an African nation, and his wife had just come over after he'd been trying to get her here for over a year, and her name was Ivy. And I said, Ivy. Why did y'all come to Sycamore View? Because they had such religious backgrounds different from our fellowship. And this is exactly what she said. She said, do you love Jesus? I said, yeah. She goes, we love Jesus. That was in the story. So we've got people coming here <laughs> from all backgrounds, and they're coming because they love Jesus. And they want to fellowship and worship and serve and grow and be a part of our family here. And I'm so thankful for that, so thankful for that. You know, years ago, I appreciate Dr. Randy being here today because I was going to point him out. Years ago, I'm walking around in my uh, living room. I'm hurting all inside. I thought it might have been the chicken sandwich at Sonic. I said, no, I've had food poison before. It's not that. What is it? What is it? And I kept having this weird feeling. It wasn't kidney stones. I'd had those. It wasn't diverticulitis. I'd had that. It was just a weird feeling. So I remember calling Randy. And by the way, if you ever want to call Randy, he loves to be called around 2, 3 a.m. <laughs> if you don't have a cell, I'll be glad to send it to you. And so I called him. And I was explaining my symptoms. And he said, Mark, no one knows your body better than you do. Listen to it. I did. Nobody wants to go to the ER. It's a hassle. It's a hassle. You're there for hours and hours. And I was, but my appendix was about to explode. And so 
The very last thing that they do is they make sure you're not coming in there just for pain meds, okay? Some people just go to the yard just for pain meds. They want to make sure I wasn't one of those guys. So they push down really, really hard, and they let off. She goes, we're going to take you for a CT scan. And when they came back, he says, it's about to explode. So within an hour or so, I had that thing removed. I've still got pictures of it if you ever want to see. It's kind of cool looking. (laughs) But you know what? What? I don't go to the ER and check out the ER when I'm feeling well. I don't go by the ER tomorrow and just say, hey, how are y'all doing? I don't go to the hospital when I'm well, normally, except maybe to visit someone. We don't get our hair done before we go to the hairstylist. Now, I know sometimes if I'm having somebody clean my house, we find ourselves cleaning the night before. I'll never have figured that out. But sometimes we, we wait till we get well before we come to church, and that is not the case. Jesus came to heal the sick. He came for all of us that are sick, not the well. Luke 5, 31. So if you're coming here today and there's something going on in your life, we're glad that you're here. I'm glad that you didn't wait till you were well before you came to church. You know, often here at Sycamore View, it's not Josh's message, but he does an excellent job. It's not the songs, even though some of them are so meaningful to me, because some of those weird verses even talk to me while we're singing. But it's not usually that that touches my heart, that brings tears to my eyes. It is when people gather down front with someone else that's come down for prayers or needs assistance in their life. When I see people getting up from where they are and walking down front, it brings tears to my eyes because it takes all of us working together as a body, meeting each other where we are, not waiting for someone to be complete, and God's still working on all of us. Would you say amen to that? We cannot do life alone, so the title of our sermon is today. We've all tried, but we cannot do it. We can't do life alone. I can't do things alone. You say to yourself, I can do that. I don't need any help. You ever said those kind of things? I don't need any help. I can do it. That's why right now, Kip, my back is hurting me, because I tried to hang an 80-pound vinyl hood the other day in an awkward position. And today... I'm paying for it. And how many of us out here today are doing the same thing? You get in an awkward position in life, you never, ever ask for help. You try to make it alone, and now you're hurt and you're sore. I've been with so many over the years, and I've seen this play out in the 17 years I've been here on staff. When we need each other the most, at the peaks and the valleys, of life. We need each other the most. We've rejoiced together, haven't we? We've laughed. There's a shower today. By the way, those will be yellow cookies. They're for the shower today. (laughs) There's weddings. Everybody's joyful at a wedding. That's a peak. We have physical births, spiritual births right behind me at camp this year. There'll be more. People celebrating anniversaries. People have graduated. People graduated from high school and college just last month. Accomplishments from our body. And we all rejoice 
And yes, there's those valleys. Illness. More treatments. More procedures. Divorces. Separations. Dealing with aging parents. Death itself. And everyone here from one time or another has family drama. And God, through all of that, did not create, create us to be alone. At our very core, we need someone. We need each other. We need God. And we need others. You know, often, God presents himself through others. Say, so, well, where was God? It was that guy trying to help you. It was that guy praying for you. It was that lady that showed up with food. That was God. We need God. And we need others. I've noticed at Sycamore View and observing our core that we need young people. Thank you for your vision, your innocence on politics and church things that are supposed to be this way and that or another. Thank you for not knowing that. We need young people. We need older people. We need more tenure people. We need different shades of skin. We need different shades of ink. We need different political parties. And let me just say this, they're all goofy. <laughs> we need different hairstyles. And I love the sisters. You know who I'm talking about here in this church? Mm. Y'all have a way of doing your hair. You can just pick out whatever you're feeling like that morning and put it on. And I love it. I love the guys that are turning gray like me and the guys that their hair is falling out. And there's no one in this church that can pull off a flat top like Jim Berriman. We need different occupations. We need different trades. How boring would it be if all you guys were CPAs and engineers? Boring. How crazy would it be if all of you were free thinkers and poets and artists and musicians? How crazy would that be? You see, we all have a part. We're all part of one body. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a talent. And we're all needed. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Y'all know the, the verse, but let's read it today. I love it. I love it. Now, the body's not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, it's like a, like a horror movie. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. 
with it. If one part's honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Would you say amen to that? We've got to be all working together. We all have our gifts and talents. Each part can't make it alone. We need to ask advice. We need a hand now and then. We need others' insight and vision. We need others' taste. We need to slow down and let others walk along beside us. And we need to encourage those to put a pep in their step, those that are a little slow about getting going. And in the very trenches of life, our core is revealed. You see, I'm not a medical doctor, but I've been to a lot of ICUs over the past 20 years. I've been to a lot of ERs. I've been in a lot of funeral homes. I've been in a lot of wedding chapels. And I have witnessed and experienced life's core because a lot, a lot of times that's where they often present themselves uh, I think Kyle was junior Ken you may help me with the time frame but you and Kyle were working on the pottery series y'all remember the pottery series we did back years ago not the one where he flip flopped clay everywhere I'm not talking about that I'm talking about years ago when um, Kirk Sparks was preaching uh, Kyle, I think, was a freshman at Oklahoma Christian, and you and Kyle were working on the backdrops for the stage. I got a call. I was up here helping or watching. I was probably watching in the Family Life Center. You guys do your art thing. And I got a call. It was St. Francis Bartlett. I'm a volunteer chaplain there and have been since they opened. And they said, uh, Pastor Taylor, could you come? We have a a situation in room one something. I forgot the room number. And so what I always do is I go check in at the nurse's station. I get some kind of background before I just walk in to a situation and say, hey, can you give me, give me an overview of what's going on in room 1A? And they say, well, we had this gentleman here, and he uh, has some severe gastro issues and he's multiple health issues, but he, is doing, he was doing absolutely amazing. Came out of surgery. The family has not left his side. And since he was doing so well, he was sitting on the edge of the bed eating his first solid meal that he had had in weeks. And the family went home to check the mail and take a shower and come back. While they were gone, he died. Fell across his dinner there at the bed. And said, we want you to be in the room, Pastor, when the family gets back. So... I go down this room, and there was a man who's passed away. He didn't know who, what his name was. They came in, they cleaned him up, they did all the different things that they do when someone passes away, ready to take him to the morgue, but they asked me to stay until the family got there. I called him George. I said, George, I didn't know you, buddy. But the nurses are pretty upset. He must have been a nice guy. And then the phone starts ringing. They want to talk to him. I said, well, I, I'm just, the family's not here. Well, can I talk to George? Not right now. 
And then the family showed up. Uh, George's uh, son was a, a Memphis policeman, and his captain or commander brought him there, and some of his police buddies were there, and the family, and the word started getting out. And this room is full of people, and they're looking at me for some kind of words of comfort. Then we had a prayer. Then the son came to me and said, Pastor, can you stay here with my dad until we get back? We need to go find his papers and stuff like that. I think Tyler had parent-teacher night in school, in high school, and I was supposed to meet the teacher. And if y'all y'all know Tyler, I should have been meeting the teacher. Uh, but I couldn't go because I was with this dead man for about five to seven hours. I can't remember. They forgot me. Can I just tell you all this? That was a life-changing moment for me. Because for five to seven hours, I had a conversation and reflected with a dead man, George. Then a nurse came in. It was shift change by then. She said, are you still here? I said, I told the family I would wait with her dad. Do you have an emergency number where I can call? I called the son. He goes, oh, we forgot about you. I said, they want to release the body to the morgue. Will you authorize me to do that? Sure. So I signed the paper. They take him off. That's the last I ever heard of that family. But in life's trenches, in the core of our life, we need each other. We've got to be there for each other. One of the wisest men that ever lived once said this. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and we'll close with this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered by grief, temptation, life, death, the trenches of life. Who can defend themselves? A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You see, those three strands are you, you and me, our family. And who's that third strand? God. All of us working together. I'm here to tell you today that we can't do it alone. We cannot do it alone. I thank you for being my family. Thank you for all of us being together at the peaks and the valleys. But all of us need each other in God as a center. If you need anything today, if we can pray for you, maybe it's the day that you decide, you know what, I'm going to get dumped today. I'm going to be a, become a Christian. I'm going to get baptized today. The water is warm. And I'll just tell you this, if it's not, it ain't too bad. It's not too cold. <laughs> today might be the day for that. If you are here today and you've been passing through and checking us out from time to time, say, so you know what, that family's kind of goofy like I am. Maybe my goofiness can fit in with their goofiness. We would love to have you here as part of our family. If there's anything we can do for you today, please let it be known. We're going to stand and sing a song. Let's sing.